Today, um, the message that we have today is uh, hopefully will help us, help me, help you understand a simple, uh, a simple concept that many of us trip over, okay? Uh, maybe you don't have this problem, but I, I, I sometimes, many times, maybe always, uh, <laughs> have that problem. And the, the title of the message is, Peter, Do You Love Me? Peter, Do You Love Me? Now, we know that this is, uh, the scripture text is in John 21, but we know that uh, this is after the crucifixion, it's after the resurrection, and Jesus is talking to Peter. Now, whenever we think of the idea, how, how do you know somebody loves you? you know, how do you know? Okay, by their actions. Pardon? When you mess up, they still stay with you? <laughs> um, by their actions, what else? Pardon? They tell you? If your grandkids, you know, it's, I guess that's the best way I judge it at this point of my li our life, is when your grandkids come up and give you a big hug and say, Pop up, you know, I love you. Yeah? Yeah, I'm pop-up. <laughs> so, uh, anyhow, they would say that, and they hold you, and it's like, okay, I didn't give him anything. I didn't ask him. It was kind of spontaneous. So, we look at those things. So, some of the, some of the times, I, I think of it, maybe you can come up with other categories, but one of the ways that we think, or we, people would say that the, the way you know that somebody loves you is you've got to prove it. <laughs> okay, prove it. Well, you've got to do something. <clears throat> Now, it's not, that's not a wrong thing to be doing something. You know, I, I remember the uh, older couple, and, and I, I said this, and this happened to me before I heard other people on TV use it, okay? So this is not a TV uh, uh, um, illustration. This happened to me in my office at New Day. This older couple came in, and uh, they were, he was a horse farmer. He had horses and he had acreage and, and he always was out with his horses and his wife comes in and she's going on and on about how her husband doesn't love her anymore and how that he's, he'd rather spend time with the horses than with her. And, you know, I didn't say she was nagging or anything, but, you know, maybe he got more companionship out of the horse. I don't know, but I didn't go there, you know. But anyhow, she's going on and on and on about how much her husband doesn't love her, and his face is getting red. And I could just imagine my dad, you know, my mom, would she ever start saying that? My dad would just get up and walk out, you know. And he, was, he probably would have done that if it wasn't me sitting there be, between him and the door. You know, okay. But um, so finally he just kind of erupts and says, Woman, I told you 50 years ago I loved you, and if it changes, I'll let you know. <laughs> So <laughs> she wanted some tangible evidence of this whole thing. Well, in the doing, now it's good to have the doing, but if the doing never satisfies, <laughs> you got to keep doing. Okay, you, you did that last week. What are you going to do this week? Okay, you did that last year. What are you going to do this year? <laughs> you know, how are you going to top what you did the time before? So doing is good, but it has its wrong extension it goes to. The second one is say it. Okay? Said it a thousand times. Well, you got to say it one more time. Well, if saying is the only way, then talking and just saying and saying, well, 
then you didn't tell me today. Well, I told you for 15 years, told you for 100 years, you know, say it today. And that's not a wrong thing. Saying it is correct, we need to say. Uh, We need to express it. What are you going to buy me? (laughs) Uh, We want to express it um, in some tangible, some emotional way. You've got to express it. Or, and in the, in the, fir- the last one I come up with was the, the fourth, and this is kind of where our message today is, trust. That there is a trust in the love that it's just there. That you trust the other person explicitly. That, you know, you don't have to prove, you don't have to buy, you don't have to say. All those things are included in the package of trust. Now, what happens is, when we, we talk about um, Peter here, and Peter is, you know, Jesus is asking Peter, do you love me? Well, let's back up a little bit, a few days, and uh, we'll go to the Last Supper. At the Last Supper, Jesus is there with the disciples, and they've had the communion and so on, and Jesus says to Peter, you know, Jesus is talking about his crucifixion, you know, Peter doesn't want to have anything to hear about that. So he says, you know, and Jesus says, all of you are going to deny me. And Peter says, not me. <laughs> not me. I'll never deny you. All these other guys, they may fail, but not me, Jesus. <laughs> now, what happens here with Peter, and it's a very, it, I mean, I, I'm not knocking Peter, Okay. You know, he's a disciple of Jesus. Jesus chose him. I'm not knocking Peter. I'm just, we're just looking at his personality. Because sometimes we think of our relationship with God in this, not me. I can prove this to you, God. And so we get caught up in the doing. I've got to prove. I've got to pay the price. I've got to do the penance. I've got to, you know, you, I've got to prove to God that I love him. Okay. And, and if I prove to God that I love him, then God will love me. So Peter just, you know, up and says, you know, these guys may fail you, but I'm not going to fail you. And Jesus says, Peter, three times tonight, you're going to deny me. <laughs> and Peter, nah, don't, hey, I'll die for you. Well, and, and Peter had that, that personality that he would have died but the dying and proving were not what Jesus were, was looking for. Because later that night when the soldiers come, Peter pulls out the sword. He's going to fight until he dies. You know, he cuts off the, the guy's ear and Jesus puts the ear back on. He'll, Peter, it's not by the sword. The proving that you love me is not by the sword. And it's not by your made-up mind that you're going to do it. So... Jesus is trying to tell Peter to, the, you know, he's this great man, and Jesus has told him, you, you're, you know, you're going to be the foundation of the church. I mean, I'm going to be, you know, belief in me. When Peter says to, um, who, when Jesus is asking the question, who do men say that I am? Well, Peter says, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And, and Jesus replies, that has not been revealed to you, Simon Peter, by flesh and blood, but that's by my spirit. You see, Peter had this really, really great in, uh, um, in touch, as it were, 
awareness of the Spirit and of, of, what God was, of what Jesus was trying to teach. But he also, he couldn't sort out what was God and what was his own natural instincts because when Jesus says that he's going to die, in the next breath, Peter says, not so. And Jesus says to Peter, get behind me, Satan. <laughs> well, it wasn't that Peter was Satan. It was the thoughts that he was presenting were not from God. So, so we have Peter. And what do we see happening in Peter? We see Peter trying to prove, I'll never deny you. Peter trying to say, <laughs> these other guys may fail you. And express, <laughs> he's going to be the one that dies for Jesus. So, in this, in this whole situation, Peter doesn't end up dead. He ends up heartbroken and distressed. He, after the crucifixion, and, and while Jesus is on trial and being beaten, Peter denies Jesus three times and Peter runs off. The reality of what he said and the reality of what he wanted to do didn't happen at all the way that he had planned. So, again, Peter's not a bad guy. Uh, another story of Peter. Peter is, when Jesus is washing the disciples' feet, okay, he's going around and he's washing, you know, the feet of the disciples. He comes to Peter and Peter says, hey, you're not going to wash my feet. What's going on here? Jesus was proving to Peter that he loved him unconditionally. And Peter was trying to prove to Jesus that he loved Jesus and that he um, was not worthy, but in a prideful way, for Jesus to do this. And also, it was in that situation where Peter, um, they should have in themselves, one of the disciples should have washed everybody else's feet, but that none of them were willing to do that because they were vying for a position in the kingdom of God here with Jesus, you know, and one was trying to be better than the other, and Jesus puts the tile on, and he washes their feet. And, and he says, because I've done this, you too shall do this. And, and we begin to see what's, what's going on here. Now, remember, Peter's not a bad guy. Peter is a rough and tough fisherman. He's a man who probably was a brawler. <laughs> he was the he was the he man of the dock. <laughs> he was the put everybody in line and in place, and he could do it if you couldn't. You didn't listen. He probably could force you into it. So he was a brawler, talker, in your face type of person. And so Jesus called this personality <laughs> to be one of his disciples, and also one of the founding pillars of the church. Hmm. So what is Jesus trying to get across to Peter? Peter, do you love me? Yes, Master, I, you know that I love you. Feed my lambs. Now, it's interesting, <laughs> interesting, John 21, verse 15. After breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Now, this was kind of one of those, Simon, do you love me more than these other guys? <laughs> well, well, you know I love you. Peter's not going to tell it again. 
hey, look at me. I'm better than those guys. Jesus said, Peter, do you love me more than these guys? Have you really understood what has happened since the last time you said this? Since the last time all of us were together like this, you told them you were better than them. Now, Peter, do you still think you're better than all of them? What's he challenging? He's challenging Peter's understanding, his, under, his concept, his spiritual understanding about who he is in Christ. You see? Who are we in Jesus? We often do the comparison thing. <laughs> well, I'm not as bad as those people. You know, you ask people to come to church or ask Jesus to forgive them of their sin. Hey, I ain't killed anybody lately. <laughs> you can smile. So, okay. Right. Yeah, smile. Fresh air is good for your teeth. Anybody remember that one? Rage Cordic on KDKA Radio, 6 a.m. in the morning, when we were milking cows, we had the radio on to Rage Cordic, 6 a.m., smile, fresh air is good for your teeth. So none of you listened to the radio when you were 8, 10, 12 years old, milking cows in the morning, huh? <laughs> okay. Just see what you missed. <laughs> so all right next one well he asked a second time simon son of john do you love me lovest thou me more than these more than thou lovest these persons and more than specifically james and john and some other guys in there do you love me more than them your brothers and your companions and all? do you love me more than these third time simon son of john do you love me peter was upset that he asked for the third time do you love me you see peter didn't get it and neither do we you know. we don't often get it that jesus was having peter pronounce that he loved jesus three times so that you know if we were thinking of balancing something out here he denied him three times so therefore now he is confessing him three times but it wasn't the balancing out of the scales that we were looking at or trying to find with Peter. It was that Jesus was trying to have Peter understand that what you do here and what you do here is not as important as what you do in your heart, in your love for Jesus. Peter here doesn't um, vouch for his fellow disciples. He doesn't uh, go into any long dissertation. He's kind of broken in his heart and he's broken in his spirit, saying, Jesus, you, you, you know that I love you. And now Jesus is telling him, I want you to care for my lambs, my sheep. Be the, alt, be the great shepherd of the sheep. You see, in the denial... Peter was trying, you know, they were trying to set themselves up in the kingdom of God, who was going to be on his right hand, who was going to be on his left. And they were trying to vie for positions and so on. And I'm better than these guys. I'll never leave you. I'll, I'll never do this. And now Jesus is telling Peter, Peter, it's okay. 
what you're, who you are is dependent on me. And see, and, and the opposite of Peter, opposite personality, is John. In, in John chapter 5, it says, now, the, now these, these were... Oh, I can't read what I'm looking at. Now there was, leaning on Jesus' bosom, one of his disciples whom Jesus loved. If at least five times in the gospel, John is referred to as the disciple whom Jesus loved. Now, did Jesus have favorites? No. Peter, James, and John were the inner circle of the twelve, and John was the closest friend to Jesus. What was there about Jesus and Peter, excuse me, Jesus and John, what is there about these two that makes this so different? John has this, here Jesus is sitting at the Last Supper. He's not sitting on a chair. He's reclining at the table. And John is next to him, and he, as it were, leans back on his friend. It's like John is leaning on Jesus. He's a friend of Jesus. He loves Jesus. Jesus loves John. But he doesn't love John better than the other disciples. He loves them all the same. But John is the one who understood this love thing. Because Peter was trying to prove and show that he loved Jesus. And he was... He was I was trying to prove it, and, and I think that so many of us uh, try to prove that we love. You know, if we, if we make one mistake, oh, God's not going to like me. <laughs> oh, God's going to kick me out of the kingdom. God, I, you know, no. God, God, he loves us, and his love for us is not in a proving mode. <laughs> he doesn't have to prove to us every day that he loves us. God, if you really love me, let me win the lottery. 400 million, or whatever it was. 400 million, and I promise I'll give you at least 10%. <laughs> I mean, I'll prove to you that I love you, but you've got to prove first that you love me. See how that works? You've got to prove first that you love me by giving it to me, and then I'll give it back to you. Well, if you want to reap a harvest of vegetables, we've got tomatoes in the back, right, Bob? Tomatoes in the back? Did you get them from your garden or did you take them from your neighbor's? <laughs> My neighbor loves me so much I went and got his tomatoes and brought them in for you. <laughs> no, Bob has a very special garden. He has his own garden. He brought his excess, his tomatoes here to share with, share with us. So if Bob loves you, he's got to prove it by giving me tomatoes and then I'll know that he's a good guy. What's that? No, you don't throw the tomatoes now. That's later. That's later. No. But in order to get the tomatoes, you've got to plant the seed. Jesus, let me put this in your hands. Jesus, let me put my sin in your hands. Jesus, I acknowledge you as part of my everyday life, and I thank you 
for the day that I have, the problems that I have, <laughs> the difficulties that I have, for the joys that I have. See, I'm thanking, I'm planting the seeds, I'm planting my praise, I'm planting my trust, I'm giving away my sin. And God doesn't have to prove to me that he loves me. He already did that. He already proved to us that he loves us. He died on the cross. While we were yet sinners, he died for us. Before we were even born, he loved us. Because he knew us. Even before we were in our mother's womb, he knew us. And he knew we'd be here. And he knew this day. He knew our personalities. He knew our failures. He knew all the shortcomings in our life. And it never interfered with him loving us one bit. Where did he come up with this one? <laughs> Where did this preacher come up with this one? It came up from a, a saying. Uh, and, and again, I'm not knocking anyone. I respect, you know. Um, I was at a, a funeral, and the, the priest said to the congregation that we need to help our brother into heaven by our prayers. Okay, and we need to pray for them. And all this fireworks goes off on the inside of me, you know. If we're not taken care of before we die, what we do now isn't going to make a difference. <laughs> and we can't help people after they die. See, you have to do something in order to get somewhere. Now, there's a number of Protestants do the same thing, and a number of churches have the same type of teaching, so I'm not knocking one religion over another. I'm, not, I'm, I'm, I'm confronting the situation, the problems we face in our, life by try, in our lives by trying to prove to God that we love Him. And whenever we pray, we don't expect an answer because... God doesn't love me as much as he loves someone else. I have failed in some way, therefore God won't answer my prayer. I have to do something. <laughs> That's the whole point of this. John didn't have to do something. He just leaned over <laughs> next to his friend, And they were at the, the table together. You know, we don't have to do something. All we are doing is in receiving. John, um, let me look here. In, in 1 Peter, I want, to talk, I want to mention this one first before I do John. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, this is Peter talking now. He says, be sober, be, vig be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Peter knows that the devil is a liar. And who is the lion? Jesus. He is the lion of the tribe of Judah. <laughs> he, is, he is the symbol of life, of victory, of eternal life, of forgiveness, of grace, of mercy. He is, he is the lion. <laughs> Lion King, <laughs> not the movie. He is the Lion King. Do you ever notice in animals, whenever they, the, the top dog walks in, you ever, everybody know what the top dog is, right? It's the leader of the pack. And what happens when the leader of the pack shows up? All the other dogs put their tails between their legs and they cower down. 
while the devil likes to pretend that he's a top dog. But when Jesus shows up, he just goes into nothingness because he cannot stand in the presence of God. You want to write the devil a message, put it on the bottom of your shoe because he is under our feet. <laughs> he is... Jesus is the lion, the king, the more than the conqueror. He is risen from dead. He is risen from the dead. He is your savior. He loves you. He empowers us. He gives us strength and power and victory. And he, and he just loves us because he loves us. Because he loves us. There is no because. He just loves us. So we have to fight against that personality, that concept that Peter has to fight, that Peter had to deal with. I've got to prove. I've got to be good enough to receive. I've got to get this in order. God's got to prove to me that he loves me. You see, all that proving doesn't work. It leaves us frustrated, belittled, as if somehow we have to convince God that he should like us and then do something in our lives. <laughs> John says, 1 John chapter 4, verse 10, he says, Herein is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us. Here is John laying back on the, on, the, on the chest of Jesus, his friend, and he's telling, you know, and, and Peter, Peter's standing up and saying, I'm never going to do, I'm never going to say no to you, and I, I'm better than all these people. And John just lays there, as it were, not lays with, but reclines there, just leans back on Jesus, and he doesn't, it doesn't stir him one bit. Because John knows that he is loved. That's it. John knows he is loved. And no matter what is going through your mind at this time, bad, not good, what am I going to do in the rain? No matter what's going through your mind, God loves you because he loves you. That's his character. And you can't do one thing to stop him from loving you. You see, Judas continually wanted Jesus to prove himself. Okay? When you have that, you got to prove me mentality, you can raise the dead. You can walk on water. You can feed 5,000 people. You can calm the storm. But you know what? There's always something else that you got to do. Judas wanted Jesus to continue to prove who he was, and it ended up destroying him. Peter, for Judas, Jesus had to prove. For Peter, Peter had to prove. For John, he, had to, he accepted, I'm loved. See, here in his love, not that, not that we love God, but that he loves us. 
and that he sent his son to be the propitiation, the the go-between, the one who wipes out our sin. He sent his son to do this. And Jesus says over and over again, I and the Father are one just as you and I are one. The same relationship that God has, Jesus has with the Father is the same relationship we have with Jesus. Inseparable. You see me, you see God. I better get, straighten up my act. <laughs> I better prove this. <laughs> but you see, I don't have to prove it. I want to live it. I don't have to prove something to myself or to God. I just want to live in love, in forgiveness, and in the assurance that I'm I'm okay. I got a long way to go. I still have to participate in life. I still have to get up in the morning, you know, and and do do my thing and go to work and talk to people and all this other stuff. I still have to do this, but in all of that doing, I'm acknowledging God and asking God to help me. Because I don't have to prove to him that I love him. I just need to acknowledge that no matter who I am, God loves me. And that there are bad qualities of my life that I need to allow the Holy Spirit to work on. There are qualities in my life that I need to take hold of and develop and make better through education and training and all that stuff. But I am giving my life to Christ not only to forgive me of my sins, but I am giving my life to Christ every day in every situation, and leaning back as John on the bosom of Jesus, recognizing that I am the person that Jesus loves. I am the person that Jesus loves. Not because... Not, be, well, not that I'm better than anybody, but that I am the person that Jesus loves. And from that position, I live my life. Do you know what Peter did? I'll close, well, two thoughts. After Jesus said all of this, do you love me, do you love me, do you love me? Then Jesus told Peter that people are going, you know, when you're old, you're going to be bound and taken where you don't want to go and things like that. And telling him how he was going, the troubles and trials he was going to have in his future. And, And Peter, after Jesus gives this to him and gives this heartfelt, touching moment, Peter turns around and says, well, what about John? (laughs) How's he going to die? And Jesus pulls his hair out. He said, no, <laughs> that's us, you know. Well, well preacher, that's, that was good, but what about, <laughs> you think? Peter turned around, what about John? Jesus says, Peter, <clears throat> what is it to you how he lives or dies? You serve me and I'll take care of John and I'll take care of you. He still, still didn't get it, you know? But, it, but it, see, you know, how smart are we? We've been trying this for how many years? <laughs> and we still haven't made it. And Jesus pulls his hair up. You know, he's bald in the back from pulling his hair up. No, he isn't. <laughs> but we are, we are the disciple that Jesus loves. 
He loved me before I ever had an inclination of how much he loved me. He loved me before I even had a concept of being loved. So I am forgiven. I am blessed. And in this place, of, in this position of the disciple whom Jesus loved, that's us. Peter is the same, he's in that same, could be in that same position, but he has to find a way to get there by not proving and not, you know, had to move away from that. See, we don't want to be like Judas and be, die in our prove this, prove this, prove this. You know, God, you got to do this, you got to do this, you got to do this. Let it go. Let it go. I don't understand why things happen the way they do, but I trust him because I am a disciple, I am a person that Jesus loves. Can we believe that? Can we receive that? <laughs> yes, that's the answer I'm looking for. <laughs> Can we receive that? Can I be the disciple, the person that Jesus loves? And we just, re and we just relax in that and we go about living. Not questioning, not denying, not in frustration and not in fear, but knowing that I am in the hands of God and he loves me and whatever comes my way, it's okay because God is with me and he will take me through. Amen? Let's stand. <laughs> so, don't look at somebody else and say, God, why don't they? <laughs> or we look at somebody else and say, you did that for them. No. Jesus, thank you for loving me. Here, are my, here I am. Here I am, flaws and all, but I know you love me. You'll take care of me. You'll continue to provide for me. I live in faith and not in fear. I live in confidence, not in arrogance. I live in assurance, <laughs> not in scared. I am the disciple whom Jesus loves. So, lean back, not too far. Lean back. We're just resting on Jesus. Amen? Amen. God bless you. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh.